Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but when I drop it, it's going to be a classic. You're basically going to be the DJ Kelly of, of yeah. Afrobeats. Yeah. Those are rough. You can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> you the DJ Kelly of Afrobeats. Facts. I'm not bragging. It's just I put in a lot of work and I need my flowers now. No, no, for real. I didn't, I didn't see the growth. Describe myself in two words, rich and unemployed. These stones cost two birds. Let it count it when she bored. Deposit hit chicks, clearing ace. Nothing void. I know that ain't my ex calling. Null and void. Where we going? Money going up. Money counting. Welcome to the very, very first edition of the Rich and Unemployed podcast, the Miami edition, man. And we got a very, very special guest, man. This is actually my brother, brother by marriage, but... It's all good, man. What's up, man? Introduce yourself. I go by the name of Dozirus. Good evening, good morning, good night, wherever you are. There's a worldwide podcast, so I gotta represent. I go by the name of Dozirus once more for those of you who don't know. Dupe is actually my blood, my brother, my brother. Blood. Yeah. So this is family. <laughs> very first edition in Miami. And you know, I had to be there. I had to had be to be the very first one, man. And you know, Dozy is not just a regular welcome guy. Welcome to man. my city. Dozy's not a regular guy, man. Rolls Royce driving. Uh lounge owner, multiple lounges. Um, this guy's a pilot, a father. I'm a, a DJ also. Yo, what? A DJ? I'm a promoter. A promoter? <laughs> Yo, hold on, man. Let's, where you come from, man? Okay, originally I was born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria. I moved down to the United States in 2010. That's like 12 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. I was living in Alana. I was into the entertainment. DJing, promoting Afrobeat. Well, I'm like one of the Afrobeat pioneers. You know, everybody is grooving to Afrobeat right now, but yeah. they don't know the work we put in like eight, ten years ago. Yeah. But it's all love. I'm happy the world is actually recognizing our music, our culture. And as of 2018, I decided to bring my crafts to Miami mm. because Alana. Afrobeat took over Alana already. So when you say you're the you're one of the pioneers, can yeah. you explain that? Meaning when I started DJing in 2011, I used to DJ at a lot of American spots in Alana. Yeah. Whenever I played Afrobeat songs, the club owners they text me, they'd be like, nigga, swish. <laughs> or, or you're gonna get fired. Like yeah. it was that bad. Nobody wanted to hear that shit. Yeah. But now everybody's vibing to it. It took lots of consistency lots of risking my life my job i put a lot of afrobeat musicians on on the map so yeah i ain't gonna lie bro yeah. um afrobeats has definitely taken over man you know atlanta used to be like a trap 
trap music mm-hmm. only in the club and yeah. now it's like it's half and half it's half yeah. afrobeat it's half hip-hop yeah and it's the new wave like it's not really the new wave it's been in there but people are finally starting to accept yeah, 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 yeah. you know it's a culture it's the food it's the people yeah. it's the vibes it's it's been black I tell everybody, no matter where you're from, you're from UK, you're from Mexico, as long as you got a little bit of melanin in you, you're black, you're African. So we're taking things back to the roots. So I see myself as an Afrobeat ambassador. Ambassador. Yeah. So. And you actually about to come out with a mixtape or something. Right? Yeah, I've I've had I have about nine songs. I'm actually trying to turn it into an album. But with me, I'm a perfectionist. So I have so many songs on hold. I don't want to put it out yet. I want it to be perfect. Yeah. The thing is, after I'm done with a song with an artist, two months into planning on how we're going to shoot the video and everything, it's a new wave. It's a new sound. Afrobeats consists of so many sounds. Yeah. We have a hip-hop in Afrobeats. Mm-hmm. We have an R&B in Afrobeats. We have what is trending right now. It's called the Amam Piano. It's like the beats. Mm-hmm. So most of these songs, we don't even know what it says because it's different languages. It's diverse people. So we just go with the sound. It's like a vibe. So I'm trying to like make a classic like combination yeah. of complication of every i'm trying to compile every sound and afrobeat that i can relate to as a yeah. dj uh-huh. because i'm not just a lover of afrobeat i play it so i'm going with the vibes of what the crowd mm-hmm. what they are feeling mm-hmm. yeah i don't know how to explain it but when i drop it it's gonna be a classic you're basically gonna be the dj kelly of, yeah. of yeah. afrobeat yeah Dozy Rocks. You can say that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you the can DJ say Kelly of Afrobeats. Facts. I'm not bragging. It's just I put in a lot of work and I need my flowers now. No, no, yeah. for real. I didn't. I didn't see the growth. So That's I met true. you. That's true. While you were a DJ. Take this out. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I met you while you was a DJ. Okay. In Atlanta, and you transitioned all the way from being a DJ to come into Miami to actually owning a lounge. To become you an open. entrepreneur. Like it's 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 the growth. I never want to be stagnant in life. Uh-huh. It's a lot of money to be made in entertainment. And most people don't know that. I, I I know DJs who are so good who are way better than me. They've been doing the same shit for like 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. Making the same $300 you make in 1998. You're still making the same money in 2022. Uh-huh. That sucks. You need to know how to capture your market and expand. There was this musician I used to be cool with in 2014, 2015. He was the biggest deal then. He was my homie. He was like, oh, Dozy, I'm going to be so big in two, three years. People going to like pay tickets to see me. Who is this? I'm not gonna name names, but he knows himself <laughs> if he's watching this. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to be so big. So you need to be basically my ass kisser. So I'm still going to like carry you along in three years. I said, no, homie, in three years, I'm I'm going to be big too. Yeah. No matter how big you're going to get, when you turn around, you meet me as you're elevating, I'm elevating. I don't want to be stagnant. Right, right, right. You understand? So I made sure I wasn't going to factor my life as just a DJ. I wanted to become a producer. I wanted to become a club owner. We we're making this club so much money, it was ridiculous. I'm like, why can't I make, why, why can't I get it all, you know? Mm-hmm. It's 
I set goals for myself. Like, technically, what I want to be now, it's like the David Grootsman of Afrobeats. Like, if you live in Miami, everybody knows about Dave Grootman. He owns everything. He owns Commodore. He owns um, Leave. He owns Story. He owns, like, 20 restaurants in Miami. So I look up to him as my role model. He doesn't even know me, but I monitor. I watch his lifestyle. You understand? So people like that motivate me. Yeah. Like, if he can do it, why can't I do it? Right. He's doing it in the hip-hop, the Latino scene. But we have a huge market. We have a huge Afrobeat market. And funny enough, I moved down to Miami. Me and my wife opened up the first international spot. Shout, out, shout out to your wife. Shout yeah. out to Kathy. Yeah. She, she's, she's, a, she's a man behind the plan. I know. She's always behind <laughs> the scenes, making sure everything goes well. She's my day one. I really owe everything to her. She pushes me. She challenges me to do better. So... The plan was I never wanted to restrict myself to a category because there will be trials, there will be tribulations. But if you restrict yourself to one category, when it fails, how do you bounce back? Yeah. You understand? So with me, I always want to have multiple sources of income. I always want to have multiple dreams, multiple goals. If this A doesn't work out, B is going to work out. If B fails, C will work out. You keep trying. Right, right, and right. If you're lucky, all of them will work out. Then That's a fact. Everybody's talking about you. That's life. One of them got to bounce. One of them got to work. One of them got to work. You never make it until you fail. And when you fail, you keep trying. It's a lesson. That's how I see my life in everything I do. Like, I fly planes. When I introduce myself to people as a DJ, they look at me like, oh, he's a thug. He's, yeah, yeah he's just, just a regular yeah just, just regular guy yeah you're a dropout you didn't do it then i'm like i also fly planes i'm a pilot i'm like oh my god like, that's yeah. fake because <laughs> you could be successful at whatever you do that's yeah. how i see life i started flying just because i love heights i love being out there i was a frequent flyer i was always being booked in a different city in a different country and I started picking interest. I'm like, you know what? Since I'm always on this plane, I might as well learn how to yeah. fly. I still want to fly professionally, but not commercial. I want to own my own jets. I want to open up the cargo plane industry. I want to be able to employ pilots. I want to be able to fly artists coming to my clubs to perform. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole package. Right, I right, got right. a billion dollar mindset in my, in how my long brain. You, how long you been a pilot? I've been a pilot for like two years now. Two years. Yeah. I started in like 2019 on and off, on and off. But I have my private pilot license, you know. How long did it take to get? Technically, it's supposed to take like three, four months if you're serious. But I was really distracted. I had a lot yeah. of things going on, businesses mm -hmm. I got to run. So it literally took me longer. It took me like six to one year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To get there. Wait. Hold up. I know the interview is going good. I know it's going great. I know this episode is just fire. But have you checked out the new merch that I got on the website? The link is in the description, man. I know you need one of these Finesse's Only shirts, one of these Rich and Unemployed shirts. So go ahead and cop you some merch as you're watching this episode. See you guys soon. Let's talk about your lounge. Yeah. Savor. Savor Winwood. Savor Winwood. Yes, and, sir. Um, it's a fairly new club, and it kind of picked up really, really quick. Because you're probably like the only Afrobeat. Are you the only Afrobeat in Miami? Technically, yes. And the thing, the reason it actually picked up, 
when we started, it was supposed to be a Nigerian spot. It was supposed to be a Nigerian club. But the thing with Africans, when they see you doing something new, it's a lot of doubt. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he's a newbie in this city. How is he going to do it? Yeah. So they don't support. So after like two months into it, we decided to, we, me and my wife came up with a concept. Let's switch it up. Let's make it international. Meaning we're welcoming everybody. Latino, you're Jewish, you're American. We decided to make it general. So if we see a lot, if it's Chinese people in there, we're going to play Chinese music for you. <laughs> if it's Latino people, if it's half, you understand. So it picked up really fast yeah. and... It really blew. We're actually the only lounge that doesn't have promoters. It promotes itself. It sells itself. Mm. You understand? Right now, we're actually under construction because the city was actually messing with me a lot. Mm. But right now, we originally, we had a food truck that was our kitchen. So it was like a bar and lounge. The food truck was serving the African food. My chef... We got our visa, flew her all the way from Nigeria to come cook that authentic African food. Mm-hmm. So right now we're under construction. We're building a permanent kitchen because the city says, y'all legit, y'all got to do this right. So we're getting rid of the food truck. So hopefully we should be back in June. My birthday is June 11. So we're projecting to reopen on my birthday weekend. It's going to be crazy, I promise you. Miami misses it. Every month we have over 600,000 Google sashes. Mm. People are searching, when are you guys going to be open? Like, it's that on Google, not on Facebook, not on Instagram. <laughs> this is live people. Yeah. Like, they come to Miami. It was that bad I had to go offline for like four months. I didn't post shit on my social media. I switched off my phones. I only communicate with like family and close friends. They were the only ones that knew what I was dealing with, you know? Because it was just too much. When are you open? When are you guys going to reopen? It was kind of killing me. So I needed to take two steps back to re-strategize on how to come back bigger, better, and stronger. It's it's part of life. You go up, you come down, you go up. The What really makes you a man is how you hold yourself during those trying moments. I know what we have is a gold mine. The plan is to open many more spots like that mm-hmm. for different neighborhoods. The plan is to open a Savoy in Alabama, open a Savoy in Minnesota. I want to reach out to those places where Afrobeat isn't big. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, in the Bible, like Christians, they have ev- evangelists, they go sp- spread the gospel. So I'm spreading the gospel of Afrobeat. I'm bringing it to its one city at a time. I did my job in Atlanta. Atlanta is like the hub of Afrobeats in America right now. You understand? So the goal is to expand to different states. And trust me, it's going to be late. Mm. I'm reopening June. Now you have some some heavy hitters in your club. Like probably the top three, four Afrobeat artists yeah. in Worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. Not even like these guys are so big right now, we don't even classify them as Afrobeats anymore. They're just artists, period. They're just artists, artists. they're international artists. Davido is so big, he has over 25 million followers on Instagram. Legit, he's huge. There's no club you go to, they won't play Davido's songs. Bonaboy is that big, he's huge. Same thing with Whiskey. Mm -hmm. Those three, they're like Jay Z. 
they're like Beyonce, they're like Madonna. So mm-hmm. you're going to respect them when you hear their music. They speak the truth. They come to support. They support. They know the vision. They've been friends from day hold on, one. Hold on, hold on, because yeah. I got I to gotta say this. Before yeah. they even came to the club, you had portraits painted on yeah. the wall. Before they even got there, never knew like, that they was going to show I up. I never knew they were. I, it's, that's the thing about me. I envision things. Like, I wasn't even, I, I didn't even put up those portraits because I wanted them to come. I wanted the regular customers to come and appreciate Afrobeat. These yeah. are the three people currently for the past 10 mm-hmm. years who put Afrobeat on the map. Mm-hmm. Outdoors, I have Fela Kuti. Fela is like our Bob Mali. Mm-hmm. He is the king. He, he made Afrobeat big worldwide. He's late now, rest in peace. I have him outside. In the front, I have Celia Cruz. She's big in the Latino industry. Mm-hmm. Inside, I have Bob Mali. He's big in the reggae. You understand? I show people their respect. You understand? So I have three legends who are late, and I have three living legends all on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's just to appreciate what they've done for the culture. There's no Afrobeat party any DJ on net is going to play without playing Whiskey, Davido, or Bonaboy song. It's not possible. These are actually like damn near your homies now. Because yeah, yeah. They come to your club for free. Yeah. Why they, they'll go charge somebody else twenty five, fifty thousand? No, they, they charge like two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand appearances, like club appearances, they charge anywhere from seventy to hundred thousand uh-huh. dollars. No cap. Like they are big. They are literally millionaires. Mm-hmm. You understand? Davido just bought a land in Nigeria. It was about $2.5 billion. That's about $7 million. It was about $2.5 billion naira, our currency. Just an empty land. Mm-hmm. That's about 6 to $7 million. Mm-hmm. He has not started building. So these guys are rich. These guys are made. They could be anywhere. Bonaboy is about to uh, um, do a concert at the Madison Square Garden on the 28th of this month. Mm-hmm. That's how big these artists are. Davido sold out O2 in London. Whiskey sells out every arena. So these are like the top three major. There's still a lot of mm. upcoming Afrobeat artists. They come, people see them, but they are not as big as this top three, but they are doing well. So they come, they know this is the home. No matter if you... If you even if they go to other big clubs like Leave Story, you pay them 50, 70K, they're still going to come home. Mm-hmm. So Savoy is like the home. Mm-hmm. They come for that food. They come to be around their people. They come to hear that hood Afrobeat songs. We have our hood version songs that have not gone mainstream that only the locals can relate yeah, to. Yeah. It's like you are in Africa, but away from Africa. Mm-hmm. That's that's what Savo offers. So to the whites and the Latinos and the Caribbeans who are not used to our culture, it's like an experience. You don't need to go to Africa. We got Africa here in Miami mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. So the food is authentic. Our chef came all the way from Africa to cook for us, mm-hmm. from Nigeria precisely. So you're getting the same vibes. You're saving yourself a $2,000 ticket plus a $5,000 one-week expenses over there. Mm. And you're having that good time for less than less than one thousand dollars at the mm. club. You understand? So it's amazing what we really did. I'm not taking all the glory. My staff, they are amazing. 
everybody is amazing my djs funny enough some of them are americans but i put them on so much afrobeat they started doing their own research Mm. and they all want to surprise me i just be chilling and i hear a song i'm like dang who sang this they start laughing then i have to research i'm like okay you guys are really doing good you understand and i still dj even though it's my place once in a while i just go to yeah. the booth and just yeah just play but that's it a lot of people come through we got the mma champion of the world usman kamaru he's mm. a regular there he's actually my business partner he's a very cool dude he comes through he brings his billionaire friends we have a lot of Diddy's kids been there. What's the other artist? The American is it Sway Swaley? No, Sway, not even Swaley. The girl Sawati. Sweetie. Yeah, my bad. Oh yeah, I was there that night. Yeah, I was there that yeah. Night. So it's a lot of people that come to it. It's all love. It's all love. This girls come show love. Mm. It's, it's the culture we promote. It's the culture. Let's talk about your process, right? You wasn't always this person, right? You you were born in Lagos, correct? Born and raised. Poor. Not really poor. My dad is actually a medical doctor. Is he? But I would say I was the prodigal son of the house. Mm. You understand? I'm the only one that did not graduate college in my house. So my dad never had any regard for me. Yeah. I wanted to play soccer professionally. I was so good at it. I'm still good at it. But he didn't give me the opportunity. I had clubs coming for offers he, he stopped every move so i think at the age of 14 i ran away from home yeah i've never been back <laughs> and where you went when you ran away america no on the streets i was homeless <laughs> in the ghetto in nigeria i was yeah. sleeping on the bridge sleeping with my friends because i had my own i look at myself as a genius on another level like genius what i envision for myself people don't understand yeah like when i tell people my goals they laugh they say it's not doable like mm. i was telling my wife the other day i'm gonna be a billionaire in 10 years mm -hmm. say how's that possible so it's gonna be possible like the 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 dreams i have the is just and when i envision these things it comes to pass mm -hmm. you understand so I was homeless in Africa from 14 years. Then at 22 or 23, I left Africa, came to America. I didn't know nobody. How, how easy was it? Was it hard to get out of Africa? Okay. Yeah. No, it was the hardest thing on earth. Yeah, it was. The, it took me three years to be able to get a visa to come to America. Uh -huh. Yeah, and when I finally got here, I did not know one soul. I was sleeping at JFK airport for three weeks, homeless. <laughs> Yeah. Returning trolleys. Yeah. For like, I was making about three, four dollars a day. You got to return about 10, then they give you 25 cents. So imagine how many I got to return. Uh -huh. Like when people land from the airport, they got to drop their bags yeah. on the, push it with the trolleys and they leave it. So my job was to go pick everything. Then at night, I sleep in front of JetBlue area mm. i'll never forget that's how i lived it was cold as fuck it was in october 2010 somehow i found myself in florida i think it was daytona yeah i took a greyhound bus it took us like two days to get there what, what was your what was your reason for coming here what were you trying to do in america i just wanted to get away from africa i wanted to get the american dream it's it's it's, it's a, i was telling people i'm gonna go to america and africa they were laughing at me even like my close family they were like nigga go get a job <laughs> 
I'm like, no, I'm done looking for jobs. I need to. This country is not for me. Yeah. Like I prophesied so many things back then. I said I was never. I love my Nigerian women. I have two Nigerian sisters. I prophesied I was never gonna marry a Nigerian girl. It's it's. I just thought I was different. Mm. So everything I prophesied actually happens. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about my life. Anything I speak, it happens. So I try as much not to say negative things right. because a few times I've said some pretty fucked up negative things. Those things happen mm -hmm. too. So now I train my mind on always thinking about the positive, pursuing it. Like I've been let down so many times. The thing about my life is I'm a popular loner. I have, you were at my birthday party last year. Mm -hmm. I have friends. I have a ton of friends. Mm -hmm. But when she goes out, I'm on my own. Yeah, yeah. It's normal. I know it's a lot of fake love, but it is what it is. Mm. You understand? It's life. It makes you stronger. So I used to get angry because I'm a Gemini and I flip easily. But now I no longer get angry. I just smile and look through the bullshit because like, same person that calls you boss will laugh at you in two weeks if you don't if they see your your pocket and yeah. as it used to be. So in life, everything is about money. Even the Bible says money answered all things. Mm -hmm. The Bible says money is root of all evil. It didn't say money is evil. It said that's the root. So if you remove the roots, you're good. You understand? So what I see in life, make money. Follow God. Respect your family. That's my three goals in life. Mm -hmm. But money got to be there. Without money, you're useless. Mm -hmm. I learned that a long time ago and that's true but money doesn't make you somebody though that's where people get it confused you have to be you with or without money but the goal is still to make money you understand because when you make money people listen to your ideas mm -hmm. lack of money will kill all your ideas you might have an idea of how to build a, a, a flying car or a plane that goes on the sea. Mm -hmm. Without money, you kind of execute it. You told me when you, when you bought your Rolls Royce, like everything kind of turned up for you. Can you speak about like I've, how people treated you or how? Not even about the Rolls Royce. I've always been a car freak. Yeah. I'm really into cars. Like in Atlanta in 2016 or 15, I bought my first G Wagon. It was a 2015 G Wagon and everything changed. The thing is, the society, people only respect you for what they see yeah. you doing. So if they see you driving a Cullinan, if they see you driving an Aston Martin, they talk to you nicely. From the valet, yeah. just from the valet doesn't know you, mm -hmm. but I can do an experiment. You pull up in a Ferrari, I pull up in a Toyota RAV4 2006. We pull up the same time, the valet is gonna ignore me. Like, when girls leave you on red, yeah. he's going to leave me on red. Mm -hmm. He's going to attend to you with the Ferrari first. Hold up. Wait. I know the episode is getting good. I know you're diving deep into it. But before we go any further, I got a special offer for you guys. I got two ebooks for the price of one. Right? One ebook is about CPNs, how to build and create. And the other one is learned about crypto. If you're still trying to figure out what crypto is and how to invest in it, this is the perfect ebook for you. So I have two ebooks for the price of one. I'm gonna leave the link in the description and you go ahead and cop it, man. I'm, I promise you, this is something you probably need in your life. So for at $47, you can get two ebooks. What else you're doing? See you guys. So that's life. Once. 
people look at it like your status has changed. Mm. But me as a businessman, I get those cars. It's all perception. Mm. When I park it in front of my club, mm. girls are walking by. They say, oh, there are some rich niggas in here. Let's come through. Mm -hmm. You understand? They don't even know it's mine. They think it's... So they're there chilling, buying drinks, smoking hookah, making me money. Mm -hmm. And any nigga that walks to them, they might actually be nice to them because they don't know if it's the one that packed the rose rice outside. You understand? So everything is perception. Big clubs do it. You want to valet your car, they tell you, no, we can't valet it here. Even if you're trying to pay them double, no. Because it makes them look bad when you pack those lesser value cars there. So it's all about your house, your cars, how much you got in the bank, what you do, who you are. People respect you. People respect me more because I'm a pilot than they respect me because I'm a DJ. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense to me. I love both of them. I can DJ every day of my life. I can fly every day of my life. I love both. So why can't they be treated equally? Why does a pilot have much more level of respect in the mm -hmm. community than a DJ? A DJ makes 5,000 people happy. You forget your problem. Someone who's suicidal is in the club. You're playing good songs. They're happy. Mm. Someone who's heartbroken, you're motivating them. Mm. A pilot flies people to their destination. If there's no plane, they can take the sea or the... They'll still get there. So to me, why can't they be treated equally? It's all about status. That's how the society made us. You have to look good to be treated good. Mm. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah. But that's, with that's the cars, I've always that. been a car freak. Always. I'm always... I'm going to get a 2023 of the cooling and I'm always going to... I love Rolls Royces. I love... I'm trying to get my wife the Lambo truck. It's so many... But those are secondary. Those are really... They're not the most important things. The most important things is opening up businesses. Mm-hmm that will make you more money. You understand? These cars, you can flip them. These cars, you can rent them out. You can, But if you're just driving it for luxury, it's a waste. You're not making money from it. Right. You understand? So when you do things, when you invest your hard-earned dollar in things, you should think, do you want it to double your money or you want it to waste your money? So that's how I see anything. I love cars, but it got to make me money or it got to make me good. Right, if right. it makes me look good, it's still going to make me money. Mm. Because these people I'm trying to be friends with because I need them to come to the clubs. Yeah. They respect me. They want to be my friend because the cars, they see me drive. Mm. So at the end of the day, they are pulling up with me in my club. It's normal. You understand? So that's how I see that's how I see life. In life, you just have to be smart. Smart. You gotta very smart. You play chess? No. Once in a while, <laughs> I play chess. I try to compare it to chess, man, because yeah, you gotta you gotta make moves. You gotta make calculated moves, and you know, just like you said, like you gotta use this car as leverage yeah. to to get these people to to fuck with you a certain yeah. way. You know what I'm saying it's like, okay, these people already got a status in Miami, and it's like, yeah, okay, why should I fuck with you? Who are you? Right. Why, why should I fuck yeah. with you? Just, you a new guy here, got a yeah. new lounge. Yeah, we don't know you still. There's no respect. But right. when you when you pull up in a certain way, they're already like, okay, hold on. Right. Let's figure out. You give is. you give the perception like, I don't need you, nigga. Yeah. Like, and that's, and I'm that's good without me. you. 
I had a promoter pull up at my lounge one day. It was a Friday. That shit was packed to the to the brim. We had over 100 people outside that couldn't even get in because we were sold out. And the promoter was like, oh, bro, you need to hire me. Let me come promote your spot. Mm. I'm like, okay, where is your section? Where are you sitting? He said, oh, I couldn't get any section. It's sold out. I'm like, okay, the people you want to bring, where are they going to sit on the air? Yeah. Like, this shit is parked. Yeah. I'm trying to open another second branch. And yeah. telling me, like, you want to take my job from me? I don't even tell people I own that shit. I tell people I'm the promoter because that's what I do. Like, yeah. my waitresses don't have to do shit. They just have to serve the drinks and make money. The days that place is not sold out, they all look at me like, nigga, why is this place empty? Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, you're supposed to tell your friends to come here too. Like, yeah. you understand? It's not just... But it challenges me. Those slow nights make me know I'm not there yet. I yeah. got to work harder. I don't know everybody. You understand? So I tell them, I might know a million people, but those two people you know still invite them. Mm. It takes a village. You understand? So it's all about teamwork. That's how I see life. You're pretty so- good at marketing too. Um you know, like you spend a lot of money in the clubs, on, in other people's clubs. Yeah. And it's not just you, you want to party. It's because... It's you, marketing. Right. Definitely. Because the thing is, everybody wants to be associated with success. So once it looks like you're successful, they want to be your friends. So when I go out to other clubs, I always try to make a statement. Savo Winwood is here. Mm. So the re- regular person is like... <laughs> Where the fuck is Savo? I don't say Dozy Ross is here. I say Savo. Yeah. Because it's a brand I'm pushing. Mm-hmm. It's just like when Rick Ross or Didi, they are pushing their ballet and C-Rock. Yeah. They have a reason they are pushing those brands. Because they know you're going to buy it. You're going to make them more money. So when I'm popping bottles in a different club, and I'm telling you I'm from another club, so mm-hmm. people want to be like, okay, who is this person like? Where is your club at? Mm. want to come even the club owners of those clubs I go to they come show love back right. they're like okay the days were closed we're going to stop by and hang with you guys and mm. I have a really good relationship with a lot of club owners in Miami we go to Vendom we go to Mr. Jones Victory Lounge Dunkunu all those places they come to support us too so it's like I wash my hand I wash your hand hand you wash my hand yeah. it's like yeah on my slow days you come through on your slow days i come through it's just being smart that's how i say it like my whole life is way bigger than the club scene mm-hmm. people are seeing the club scene now that's that's just the phase one out of hundred it's so many things i want to do i want to own i want to own hotels, I want to own apartments, I want to own condos. It's My vision is huge. Mm-hmm. I want to eventually go into the oils, oil and gas sector. It's so much I want to do. So when people are like, you've arrived, no, nigga, I've not even started <laughs> at all. I think I'm like still in kindergarten. Like, yeah. Yeah. So check me out in 10 years. Like, it's going to be crazy. Like, people are going to be like, what? Like, the people who still knew me when I was DJing, like, four or five years ago, they are still in shock. They're like, yeah. you moved too fast. Mm. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not moving fast. I'm not even near where I want to be. You understand? So, that's how I see myself in life. It's a lot of experiences, a lot of scammers along the way, a lot of 
useless people that will waste your time, but it's part of the process. We all learn. I've made a lot of mistakes myself, but it's all a learning process. Everything is, a, I don't regret anything. I'm thankful for all the opportunity I've had coming from someone who came here with only $200. That's how much I moved to America with. I didn't know anybody. I moved with $200. So sometimes I just look back at where I was 12 years ago and where I'm now, and I'm just like, I'm thankful. Gotta be thankful. Yeah, but I know in the next 10 years, when I look back at today, I'm just going to laugh. I'm like, I said this. Mm. I prophesied it. Mm. It's not just thinking or saying it. You have to believe it. You have to walk towards it. Mm -hmm. You understand? So, before we close out... um. You got another lounge, right? Esco. Esco Miami. Mm -hmm. It's coming soon. We're going to have it. Hopefully, if everything works out before before the winter, it should be open. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be an, another level. It's like the Miami vibes. I'm giving Miami what Miami is used to. Mm -hmm. Savoy is different. We give them what they don't expect. You understand? So now I'm giving them their type of vibes. It's like the sexy fish, the Komodo, the Baoli, El Tucan, Mondrian. Where did we just come from today? Novaco. Novaco vibe. Mm. That's what I'm trying to give them. But it's still going to be different. It's still going to be better than all those places. We're working on it. We're almost done. But right now, we're trying to refocus on reopening Savoy. So I don't want to distract. Savoy is the father. Savoy is the originator. Mm -hmm. So the plan is from Savoy. It's going to breathe more than 20, 30 more spots all over Miami. Mm -hmm. I want to capture Miami. I want to capture Florida. Mm -hmm. I want to open spots in Orlando, in Destin, in Homestead, in Pembroke. You understand? Miami is huge. The market here is huge. My homies keep telling me, Dozy, when are you going to come to Atlanta and open up? I said, no, I don't want to come to Atlanta. <laughs> I'll open up a place in Alabama before I open up one in Atlanta. <laughs> I'm good in Atlanta. Mm. You understand? I go to Atlanta, I have fun. My first son lives there. I go there, I have fun. But I don't stay in Atlanta more than two days. Um, I love Atlanta, but I'm over Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love to visit, but I don't want to live or work in Atlanta. You understand? So that's how it is. The dream is to always open up a place better than your pre present place. That's my goal. That's my dream. You understand? I own a parking lot agency. So I'm trying to dive into the parking lot. I own a clothing line called Retired Ashawu. In Africa, it means a retired player. Mm. Like you used to be, you know, you're a player. The way you have like 20, 50 I girls around about you. That. Like when you're done with that lifestyle, I got the shed for you. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's another lifestyle. That's a billion dollar business sitting on itself. Yeah, because so many men who can relate to that lifestyle in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you understand. I'm just taking everything one step at a time. You understand? My wife is a licensed esthetician. She's about to open up her med spa. It's it's a lot of growth. It's a lot of things we want to do, but we're just taking it one step at a time. Mm. It's it's a ten year plan. Mm -hmm. It's a ten year plan. Don't shit happen overnight. No, no. You gotta grind for it. Even Savo, we've had Savo for four years. We've only been open for one. It took us three years to get our licenses and permits, mm. and I was paying rent for the four for the three years without making a dime 
but people don't understand those sacrifices. I had to sell my cars just to keep this spot open. But people don't understand. I sold so many cars on my cars just to make sure I was paying rent for that place. Even before we made our first dollar. Mm -hmm. We got the place in 2018. We opened in 2021. 20, mm -hmm. End of 2020. 2020. Yeah. You understand? But people don't understand when he told them. I had friends who came there. They're like, nigga, just forget this shit. You're wasting your money. It won't work. I'm like, okay, it won't work for you. It's going to work for me. You're not going to tell me it won't work. Let me find out it won't work by myself. Mm -hmm. I don't give up on shit. I would sacrifice my last to make sure it's... We've literally been closed for like seven months. I still pay rent there every month. I pay Savoy rent before I pay my house rent. That's how much I don't fuck with. I'd rather go homeless than my business. To be, <laughs> you understand? That's how much I believe in myself. Yeah. That's how much I believe in that shit. So, but it's all good. We're thankful. Everything is coming to back to order. We're building the kitchen. It's a process, but we're estimating another six weeks. We should be good. Yeah. Mm. Shout out to Dozy Ross, man. Thank you. Thank because, you, thank bro... <laughs> If this thing motivates you, man, I don't know what the fuck will, man. From from having nothing and becoming who you are, bro. And just like you said, bro, you just sacrifice damn near everything. You selling cars, you motherfucker. You'll pay your, your your business rent for your your crib. Yes. You gotta really believe in yeah. yourself or some shit to like that. that. I'd rather be homeless than lose that shit. You gotta have some really yeah. really fucking tight faith in yeah. yourself, man. But. Rich and unemployed, the podcast, man. I appreciate you coming through, Dozy, man. Thank my you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My brother, we go way back. Hey, the first interview, man. And I, hey, let me tell you this. Listen, I did not fuck with Dozy when I first met him, man. I thought he was one of just another Nigerian scammer or something. Nah. But man, I love this nigga like my fucking brother. Thank you. And I appreciate you coming through, man. Listen, make sure y'all subscribe, like, comment, and we out, man. This is another episode. Yes, boss. Thank you, thank you. <sighs>